Blog Talk Radio. Does he have everyone's, wait, wait, do I have everyone's attention now? We've got a lot to cover, but you know what? Nothing says happy Wednesday. We're playing the correct kind of tunes, man. Not that one, you goobers. I have to do everything myself, man. Got to get the quality control. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Gossip, girl gossip, wrestling girl gossip, whatever you want to call it. Tonight's show definitely is going to be different from most of what you guys are used to listening to. But before I do, shout out to the folks who are crazy enough to listen to this nonsense or this nonsense that has a point. Thank you, Latvia, Indonesia, Toronto, Canada, Montreal, Italy, Tokyo. Thank you all for listening to my craziness about the sport of professional wrestling. But I digress. The one, the only, guess who? You guessed it. Brian Rails. That's who, folks. So, pull up my notes here. Do, 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 do. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so there's a feature with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, which is kind of funny because Johnny Gargano pretended to be a waiter. And I just am reading all the stuff that caught my attention, folks, if you would, please, okay? So... There were some new faces on NXT that night. So there's also a new logo and, you know, let's see here. Okay, so, 
had Saray versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai slapped her hand away because at the beginning of the match, she tried to shake her hand. And fast forwarding, I think Dakota Kai ended up winning. Yep. So Saray lost first and foremost because you got a surging Dakota Kai. Makes total sense, I guess, but I mean, uh, at least they uh, braced us for a loss, you know, Japanese superstar. Saray. And then Dakota Kai took to the mic and said, I'm warning my opponent for TakeOver 36, blah, 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 blah. And then you see Dexter Loomis picking up any Hartwell. Oh, he looks so sweet. Okay. I guess Andy lives with Gargano now. I guess they're ro- they're roomies. <laughs> and he had highlights, you know, for Dragonoff versus Pete Dunn. He was interrupted by Dunn. Okay. Pete Dunn claimed that if it wasn't for him. Dragunov would simply not exist. Okay. And then he accepted the challenge of Dragunov, man. You see, Sage, LA Knight, was interviewed. And he was with Cameron Grimes, who's dressed as a butler. And then Grimes was forced to put the strap on LA Knight's shoulder. And then you see LA Knight versus Andre Chase. That's an interesting way of things. And then uh, let's see here. He beat him with a BFT. Mm-hmm. Match was okay, but then DiBiase came out and said he believed in Cameron Grimes' ability. I feel there's a turn coming on at uh, TakeOver 36. I just feel it in my bones. There's something that's going to happen, and DiBiase's not going to be the hero that she thinks he is. Trust me, he's been known to turn just as many times as Big Show, maybe. You know, in his career in WCW, started off as a face, and then well, the NWO came along, and you know the rest. So I'm just saying, in regards to this, don't be fooled, ladies and gents, if he turns on Cameron Grimes. I might be pleasantly surprised the Million Dollar Man is going to be good for a change. I mean, that doesn't make sense. That's just me. So moving forward... Oh, goodness. So the stipulation for the match at TakeOver is that if Grimes does not win, then Tibiasi is going to be the butler one in the actual hell. I don't think that's going to happen. Going to WWE just to give flavor to the story, maybe? I don't know. Okay, so Gigi Dolan... And Amari Miller, newcomers in NXT. Um, I'm going to 
just say it, you know, um, that match was okay. It wasn't the, <clears throat> it was featuring newcomers. I'm just going to leave it at that. We went forward. Let's see here. And Gigi Dolan ended up with the victory. Let's see here. I, I don't know what to call Gigi's finish. I'm sorry, Gigi. So, um, moving forward, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, they used to be the best of friends, folks, but now I'm guessing not so much because they went, well, no, they faced off, and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a match with you. And as we already know, Adam Cole's been offered an exorbitant amount of money, not exorbitant, but a million dollars for SmackDown Live. So I have a feeling in this case, he's probably going to lose which is a rarity for Adam Cole, and it has been since he's been in NXT. So, Stompa uh, and Thatcher and the message to Ridge Holland. And they both said, you're not on, the, you're not on our level, essentially. Obviously, Jones and Trey Baxter went one-on-one with each other for the NXT breakout tournament. I believe Odyssey Jones came out victorious. So he has a splash in the corner and spinning unrenegade. I don't know how to pronounce it. So uh, it was a good match. It was very back and forth. A lot of exchanges, and then Odyssey ended up winning in the end. So next week, the Cruiserweight Championship, Roderick Strong, versus Kushida and the tag team championships will be on the line MSK versus Imperium but I have a feeling that Hit Row is going to try to interfere and it will now be a triple threat at TakeOver 30 at TakeOver 36 I have a gut feeling and this is before SummerSlam so let's see here oh yeah it's Drake Maverick faced off with uh, Boa who has the Mortal Kombat lady, as I like to call her. I don't know how to pronounce her name. So, mm-hmm. oh, Mei Ying, sorry. I do know how to pronounce it. It was a, that match featured very little offense from Jake Maverick, as I put in my notes, and Mei Ying pulled a Mr. Fuji and spit blinding mist in his face, which is not an uncommon thing. You know, from Asuka to Jiri and now Mei Ying. I think even Io Shirai had that going, not even. So then, <laughs> this cracks me up. The cameras go to uh, Indy Hartwell's date with Dexter Loomis. And Indy, or Index is what they are called. Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. And um, let's just say this was <clears throat> the next the most interesting thing that happened on NXT outside of the title announcements for the Cruiserweight Championship and the NXT Tag Team Championships. I mean, like I said earlier, you saw Dexter Fuma sitting there and Indy Hartwell pulled off the wig of Johnny Gargano. Gargano tried to take the cake away and ended up all over Dexter and Indy Hartwell. I don't know why they didn't show Not PG for kids, right, if you're eating cake off of someone's face. All right. 
Pete Dunn versus Ilya Dragunov for the main event. It started off with some chain wrestling, but that's, you know, your stereotypical NXT, or no, UK style of wrestling. Not NXT, but UK style in general. To start off the match with back and forth chain between two very good technical wrestlers for this age. Ilya Dragunov has unreal flexibility. Um, oh, what else? Well, he would have hit his finish had it not been for Walter interfering and Pete Dunne hitting the bitter end. And after that, Walter, you know, surprisingly, you know, he used to, I'm not saying he used to, but boy, a guy his size used to dominate. And still does in certain ways versus certain opponents. But this is the tail end of the night, and he caught a knee for his troubles, ended up on the outside, and then the NXT the NXT uh, UK Championship, you see Dragunov holding it. And so I'm starting to wonder if that's going to be the scene for TakeOver 36, but, you know, we'll see. We shall see. It's a very good way to end the night. And at least, you know, you didn't see Walter you know, standing over somebody. Even he was a baby face, this dude... Gucci in the face, that's it. Dragunov just took and took, got up and got tired of it, and bam. Knee to the face. And that ended NXT. So, that wraps up the NXT review. My personal take on the whole thing was it was okay in spots, but it needs, you know, a little bit more life than Index's day with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Lumis, the main event, kind of saved Grace, or saved WWE's bacon for NXT. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. So there is a championship match in, for the NXT Heavyweight Championship between Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. To close my thoughts on that, I hope that um, even if Samoa Joe's been already established as one of NXT's founding fathers, I really still hope he wins the championship because Karrion Cross. I don't know quite what to make him other than big dude who... I don't know if you can classify him as intimidating because it's, I've seen better suplexes from a certain someone and I don't believe it takes a valet to make you look strong, which is stupid as fuck. There you go. I, I'm not going to stop. With that criticism It just It doesn't make sense So come You know Take over SummerSlam There's going to be A lot of eyes On Karrion Cross To see whether or not He's going to keep the strap And Samoa Joe's You know Just there to elevate So I, I There's like Three things That was of interest Maybe four Coming out of You know NXT Oh and um here we go. WWE Raw. Let's be honest with ourselves. Wasn't that bad, was it? Was it? No. I don't think Raw was completely terrible. For the first time... In a while, you know, it showed some peaks of interest, right? 
Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Yes, there's plenty of those on every single WWE Raw episode that's ever aired. Except for the fact that now... Randy Orton returned. You have Alexa Bliss. So... That's who kicked off Raw, folks, was Riddle and Orton. RK, bro. Okay, um... You know, like most tag teams, this is kind of just the role that Randy kind of plays nowadays. Uh, I don't know if you want to hand him that. I'm going to be solo. I'm going to ride solo, blah, blah, blah. Well, Orton said to Riddle, I don't need you. We need to move on. So, and AJ Styles and Omos comes out. And it looks like, like I said, and I put in my notes. Raw feels like one big promo fest yet again. And move forward, and it says, <laughs> almost an AJ Styles. Dog, you know, they dodged a bullet. So then Riddle gets choked slammed, and Riddle doesn't even get help from uh, Randy Orton. Big surprise there. Okay, so then see backstage that Corbin says, I'm literally homeless. And then Jinder Mahal offered him a role in taking out Drew McIntyre. So then that prompted the match, McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. And then Corbin asked for mercy from McIntyre. Okay. And then you saw cameras pan back and forth, you know, to the Tron, showed Jinder Mahal in the back watching his two goons. Let's see here. Fast forwarding McIntyre beat Corbin. And you know, a fairly decent match back and forth. And but, uh Okay. No, I would say to answer your question, dude. Oh, and by the way, if you have any questions, any platforms, it's Russell underscore radio on Instagram at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. Okay, let me fast forward this. Okay, Restorating Network forward slash Facebook dot com. So then Riddle asked Randy if they could still be friends. Randy said no. Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy again, really? I mean, I kind of forgot that and kind of fell asleep. Um, so, he did beat Jeff Hardy. Wow. I guess we're going back and forth with Karrion Cross's record. Uh, I agree with the grade on this one. <laughs> My notes also a C because it was absolute shit. Just saying. Or the drizzling shit. <clears throat> Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. I'm guessing Dewdrop won. Oh my God, Alexa Bliss actually won. Another match that I fell asleep. Not not this one, but you see what happens when stuff makes you fall asleep before their segments. I'm mad at myself for forgetting. I fell asleep through some of it. So 
referee sent Eva Marie out and Alexa beat Dewdrop. The doll actually winked at Dewdrop. I remember that part, but I don't remember most of the match. So, Sheamus versus Ricochet for the umpteenth time. Um, so then Damian Priest, I believe. I just. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ricochet hit a 450 splash. You know, and he does it. It looks majestic, folks. I know there's a lot of people that can do 450 splashes. Trust me, I've been on the indie circuit before, and there's a lot that may not get the elevation, though, as Ricochet or any others have. So, and then you see Damien Priest. And he's going for the United States Championship. CC Damien Priest versus uh, Morrison on Raw. <clears throat> and The Miz is actually at ringside. Big Shocker's in his wheelchair. It's kind of fun to keep changing colors. Priest ended up winning. Oh, Priest actually used the dripsticks on Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not bad. Okay, moving on. Okay, so Seamus accepted the challenge of Damian Priest. Mustafa Ali versus T-Bar. I believe he had help. I believe he had help. So T-Bar beat Mustafa Ali. Oh, my God. A lot of shockers. Who's booking this shit? Wow. Akira Dazawa and R-Truth failed to get the 24-7 title from Reginald. Okay, yeah, I don't... <clears throat> now again, personal with uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley telling Goldberg, please beg your father do not go through with this. I beg you both not to go through with this because this match is going to be absolute drizzling shit. As SummerSlam, so I'm not even going to read what Lashley and MVP said, just to spare you all what goes on. So, Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Ash. I wish it was Nikki Ash or Nikki Cross versus Rhea Ripley, but I digress. Okay. All right. So, Charlotte Flair interferes. Go figure. Match ended up in a no contest because Charlotte Flair hit the natural selection on both women. And, you know, I kind of, I don't mind a good cat fight, but I don't know. So then Elias came out. So Elias is dead. Okay. Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Okay, Styles hit a phenomenal forearm. What else do I have in the notes? Um, AJ counter suplex for locking in the calf crusher. 
Styles had a kick. Okay. Randy Orton beat AJ Styles. What's new, Pussycat? La, 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 la. This is gonna every single time you go to uh, uh, Randy Orton and think that he's gonna be siding with you, partnering with always an RKO, right? For a bro. I think overall I don't know how you would rank this show, but um I ranked it a C. Because at least half of it was dis or decent, the rest of it, no thanks. Because it was kind of and like every show, everyone was like, "Well, it was predictable. I knew it was going to happen the whole time." I'm sure you did, but I'm just saying, from my personal perspective, Raw had maybe two or three elements that caught my attention and other wrestling fans' attention, maybe, and that was the fact that it now be Damian Priest versus Sheamus, so Bro Kick versus Big Boot. Yeah, the Archer of Infamy is going one-on-one. This Monster Factory grad. That's pretty cool. Randy Orton, when he returned to Raw, he finally, you know, broke off from Riddle. Thank God. It's not that easy. It's not that easy watching the show. You know, you knew it was coming. We all knew that Randy Orton was eventually going to turn on Matt Riddle name not even being a pair for very much longer. So being said, folks, this is the point in the show where if you have small children, kids under the age of eighteen, the following content contains explicit language and inappropriate expressions or expressionisms created by yours truly. Off the rails uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined this phrase off the rails uncensored March 7, 2016. The following content it contains personal opinion, not bias. They are not reflections on the following companies AEW, WWE, MBJW, APJW, NWA, Ring of Honor, AEW, and WWE. So let's kick back and get this party. Started, brother. Now, if you could please understand that you, I cannot guarantee you that you will not come out offended. I'm not guaranteeing that you will remain the same. If you like this shit, well, you and I are in the same boat of crazies. All right. DJ, kick my beats, please. I come to you with a few things that I'm going to discuss. One, a little snippet preview about, well, SummerSlam. Now, from what I understand, 
there are several championship matches on both Raw and SmackDown Live. There's good things, bad things from NXT. Let's see here. Speaking of NXT and Maine, you know, there's about 12 to 14 names that have been cut from uh, NXT as far as I'm concerned. So, oh, yeah. And um, I'm not going to cover too much of this, but, again, snippet, if you will. No. So, let's see here. Um, Okay. So Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed. I didn't, I didn't like Bronson Reed getting cut. Didn't mind Bobby Fish getting cut. Okay. Mercedes Martinez, Tyler Russ, Kona Reeves. Didn't care for him. Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Jake Atlas. I don't know why. Ari Starling, Desmond Troy, Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale. And Giants in the air. Ric Flair. So that one, okay, the worst one out of this whole entire list uh, between, you know, Flair, Wyatt, and Killian Dane. <clears throat> Not to put this in overkill, but wow, that was a mistake to cut Bray. And it's going to show. And you guys better make an effort to sign his ass back. But I mean, who knows? Maybe he might in the future when things get settled down. Okay, so Eric Young, Killian Dane. So some most of sanity has been gone. So anyways, outside of cuts, outside of that mess, NXT has been trying to revamp itself, make a new name for itself, being reborn. You got Karrion Cross being a dual wrestler. You know what my take is on that? So, you have a guy that is without Scarlet, and now he's rampaging through the entire Raw roster. Confused. I am highly confused. Is he going to rampage over Matt Riddle next? Because Riddle, you know, at this point, you know, in his career is surging popularity between that and it didn't matter whether you made him a babyface or heel. But anyways, so you've got Karrion Cross being one of the first actual superstars to be on dual brands, both NXT and WWE Raw. I don't really like carrying cross if I'm being honest with you. And I think that even though it pains me to say this, Samoa Joe is probably not going to go over on TakeOver. Or if he does, that means carrying cross will go full-time to WWE Raw. Isn't that interesting? Ben Balor's on SmackDown Live, carrying cross on WWE Raw. Could it be a prelude to Survivor Series, which is well ways away? Probably. Now, I did... You know, I did start off the seven with what's going to be on SummerSlam. I do know. There is the Women's Championship with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. There is the, actually not Charlotte Flair, Nikki Ash, my bad. 
See, that's that's bad, even for me. I didn't recognize this stuff. So, anyways, back to Karrion Cross. So, he's the first superstar, from my recollection, that's doing both NXT and Raw, so pulling double duties on the road. Okay, I commend the dude on that, but I just don't like him. Don't care for him. Also, NXT's revamp includes Mei Ying, Mboa, and Xia Li. The only thing that intrigues me is the fact that it kind of reminds me of like a real-life Mortal Kombat situation. And as far as L.A. Knight, Million Dollar Man, and Cameron Grimes go, I guess they're going to keep it trucking. The whole angle that Million Dollar Man is behind Cameron Grimes 100%, but I, like I told you, I feel there is not a slight possibility, but a Big possibility that Ted DiBiase is going to turn on Cameron Grimes because I have no, I have uh, not a slight hint, but a slight hint, slight hunch that DiBiase ain't gonna be in the corner of Grimes for very much longer. Is saying so their whole comical routine with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. I ain't got to tell you, um, I like it. I think it's hilarious. I think that it's captivating TV. It was shown, you know, in the art, well, what she did to uh, Exer Loomis when the cameras went off air. I would have laughed my ass off. As far as uh, the state of WWE Raw, it's not terrible. It's not great. And when a doll winks at you, wow, that's that's kind of funny. Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop. So they have some elements going for them. Now, let's see here. Okay, so... I'm going to reiterate what happened on, you know, from last week's show. Um, basically, now I'm being serious. I'm going to reiterate what went on between the you know the word exchange of Chris Jericho and Vince McMahon, and also I'm gonna point something funny out that kind of made me laugh. So before I get to Jericho and Vince, this does have some ties to this. Um, this popped up on my news screen, and I discussed this with Pizza Simpson. You know, shows up on um, Saturdays, you know now, and uh, it just dumped on me. One of the Douglas brothers said that Tony Khan and Vince McMahon are working together. I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, why? So this ECW legend, you know, is thinking, why wouldn't Vince and Tony Khan work together? So... They are getting heat on their core wrestlers, but that doesn't mean jack shit. Tony Khan and Vince McMahon come from completely, totally different backgrounds as far as uh, ownership of a company or ownership of a team comes along. Because Vince, you know, he owns the XFL, and I don't, <clears throat> I don't really believe that it's a good business. There was a good business venture to begin with. So, great. Or Gary Wolf had a crazy ass theory. Though Vince McMahon 
and Tony Khan. So according to one source, essentially sports.com, he said that Stone, Tony Khan have a professional relationship between the two. Okay, he said, I watch WWE here and there. I'm very confused about how they're releasing so many people. I don't understand that. I'll give you an example. I think Vince McMahon may own AEW. That's just my opinion. I don't think so, bub. So he goes, why is his guy is rolling and they're going right there, AEW? He's getting rid of all the big guys. Don't make any sense. I started to think that there's a relationship between Vince McMahon and Tony Khan and AEW. So AEW has been, you know, they're about to sign even more WWE superstars. So, again, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I guess every man and every woman has their price. And you know what? So Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. The question remains, are those two going to sign? And this is not. And let me just let's see here. So WWE brought back John Cena. Um, they're working to bring back The Rock. I don't think they. I do not, and honestly, I think Gary Wolf's gone off his rocker because. Have you known Vince to work with anyone else outside of Paul Heyman? I mean, even in the past, they would get hand-me-down rings, Paul Heyman would, from Vince McMahon. And when they had the opportunity to start a pay-per-view, they started one night stand. Back in 2005, and then again in 2006. And if you want to talk about help someone, basically not leaving Paul Heyman to do the creative work for himself, but when Vince has an idea, you know, a concept. It's usually not his some of the time. And what, you know, prime examples of that would be WrestleMania. That was completely Howard Finkel's idea. The Beatles have Beatlemania, sir. Why don't we have WrestleMania? Send fans into a frenzy. I've said this on many shows, dude. I don't think Vince could work with anybody. Outside of Paul Heyman and maybe a little bit with Eric Bischoff. Do these guys have sit-down chats with one another? No, I don't think so. But to give creative input on main roster, Paul Heyman is a great mind to pick. And for those who don't think so, well, just explain this. This is going to take up most of the night. Thank you. The search sheet that almost made me drop my phone in the fucking toilet because I laughed so hard because there's no flipping way that Vince McMahon and Tony Khan are working together. Even though he was stated at a press conference saying perhaps maybe if we give them some of our talent, okay, and that made me laugh because I'm just it made me think back to watching Dark Side of the Ring and it's well documented that Herb Abrams came to Vince back in you know the early 90s and said hey you know if you want the East Coast and the Central Gladly take it, but if you want me to help you promote the West Coast, then 
That's great. And Vince said, nope. And I think maybe he saw something that we all didn't see. But the point is, if you want the boss man to be labeled as a guy that is partnered with his biggest rival right now, and there are certain things that do not leave little to the imagination as far as Vince McMahon running the show. I mean, look, there were times in 2006 to 2008 where I wanted to throw something at the TV. There were times when I didn't want to watch because there was no other person there was no other competition outside of TNA or Impact Wrestling. Okay? And then shortly thereafter, you know, you had a reality show come along and killed NXT. Did not do anything with it. Uh, and then it came to surface again in 2012, 2013. It feels like there are tidbits of Vince that appreciate NXT, doesn't hate it. But it feels like there are tidbits that there are parts of Vince that does not want to ever, and I mean ever, go into business ventures with certain people. His son-in-law may be an exception to the rule because he helps run the black and gold brand as Triple H. But outside of Hunter, do you really honestly think that Vince has conversations with Tony Khan over the phone and is releasing all these names who people, the casual wrestling fan will not fully get? Names like, you know, Mercedes Martinez or names like the names that I just listed off earlier in the segment. There's reasons why Vince will smirk and have the confidence to say, well, maybe if we just gave him more of our superstars that aren't well-known, perhaps maybe we could afford you the opportunity for exceeded talent or extra talent. We all don't know how Vince is, well, some of us don't know how he works anymore mentally, but I just want to point out, yeah, he's a bit of a pain in the butt. He's like the Al Davis in professional wrestling, and he's very stubborn, And but, you know, he's provided entertainment for us for how long? Oh, yeah, okay, so I do have that list of NXT superstars, and also, main roster superstar, and that would be Bray Wyatt. It kind of is that one. I don't think set well with most. Also, you know, at least it's like Killian Dane, maybe not so much, but the morale around the WWE locker room. going to switch gears here. Chance said there's nothing wrong. You know, see a lot of people saying stuff that isn't true I'm thinking to myself it can't be that bad I mean obviously they have to but on a happy face if they, even if they're not really all that happy regarding you know match style booking all that shit but when Seamus said that this you know this locker room still has good morale I don't know if I, I, I definitely want to test that theory so when you say the locker room has no signs of being in shambles, no signs of being upset, so does the dude with a minor strap over the shoulder, the United States Championship, which every foreigner is gimmick to win. So I just, 
would like to point out that right now, if superstars are being told what to say, how to feel, how to act, that's their job. But at the same token, there needs to be a new influx heels other than Hit Row, Pete Dunne, Part of the Way, which has now become a comedy routine. And if I'm being dead honest with you, none of us can make judgment on what goes on in the back of the locker room. We can assume based off of what one article may or may not have said. But that's assuming also wrong. Because my partner and I were proven wrong for WWE pay-per-view. We never thought in a million years that Nikki Ash would climb up that ladder and get the briefcase. And then cashing in the very next night, smell a rat. I smell a rat. And also, sorry, I'm going off topic here, but when you say the, the morale of the locker room is intact, and this is just a my opinion type thing on the whole matter. We all don't know what goes on behind the scenes, even though we claim to in certain instances, like locker room morale that could range from, gee, I don't know whether people rocking around with their heads, hanging low, nobody's happy. Everyone's complaining about getting paid. Well, obviously that's not the case for some superstars. Cause if we look at Cena, Goldberg, I just mentioned him, Seamus, Riddle. They're all getting paid really, really good. I just don't know if that whole, our locker room is doing great. I wonder if Seamus was forced to say the following. I don't think he was. My thing is, if the locker room morale was uh, really down, you'd be having more wrestlers asking for their release. And that's just the honest Scott opinion. I don't think that morale low for the Raw locker room. I don't know about SmackDown Live, or I don't know about NXT. And I do understand I hear a lot of complaints. But outside the complaints, we're not the ones lacing up the boots and going out the curtain. We're not the ones, you know, having talent meetings before the fucking show. We're not the ones that are... We're not versed in this lifestyle, you know, living out of our suitcases, just giving a maximum best effort. So, again, saying that the locker room morale is okay is kind of half-truth, in my opinion, because some guys may feel like we could be used a lot more, but we're not being used. We love trying to talk to Vince when his mind's already made up. I mean, sometimes it may change, sometimes it may not. He isn't mistreating certain workers unless you see reports about it. That's besides the point. So I'm gonna end the show with locker morales based off of not just one person. There's gotta be more than one person that's satisfied with where their career is, how they're doing, how they feel hundred percent. So Again, though we may claim to be the gurus of what goes on behind the scenes, in front, you know, outside gorilla, you know, outside world, blah, blah, blah. 
truth of the matter is, like, I don't know if that's a half-truth. I don't know if Seamus has now been designated a locker room leader. I don't know. What I do know is that with SummerSlam only a week away, wow, time has gone by that fucking quick. Well, Lady Lynn, happy early birthday. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And I'm going to end it at... I'm glad I didn't talk around circles because, you know, it's been a whole entire hour for me to do that anyways. So if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about him. Two of those bitches, I got to get some sleep. Got a lot to do tomorrow. Anyways, maestro, 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 DJ there. Can you hit... Not that one, you goober. This one. You know, the one doing the thing with the thing. Good night. Good night. See you on Saturday with Pizza Simpson. Join us live for an hour and a half special. We have a lot to discuss, including SummerSlam 91, AEW, SmackDown Live. Oh, and um, another episode of Slice of Pizza and Off the Rails on tap for y'all. All right, so. I sorry, I delay a lot, but still bitches, I gotta go. Good night. Thank you for listening. Tune in for more ticket. Personality, the cult of personality.